You're listening to the Fit Mind Fit Body podcast, where we explore the connection between running and positive mental health. We do this by talking to runners from all walks of life who generously share their experiences with us. So you don't miss an episode, I've created an email list for you to join. Check the show notes for more details. Without further ado, I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. Today we're joined by Grace Walker, whose story of resilience and transformation through running will inspire and enlighten. From the challenges of an ACL injury to the empowerment found in every step, Grace's journey is a testament to the healing power of running. Let's dive into her story and discover how perseverance on the pavement can lead to strength and healing in life. Enjoy. Today on Fit Mind Fit Body, I am talking to the lovely Grace Walker about her journey with running. Welcome to the podcast, Grace. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited. We only just met recently, although I've noticed because Facebook tells me we do have a few mutual friends because, well, that's Tasmania. Classic. <laughs> Which is awesome. Anyway, um, let's start with a little bit about your background. Where did you grow up, Grace? So I actually grew up on a small remote island in the middle of the Bass Straits, Flinders Island. Um, yeah, so I grew up there. Um, That's something to share there. with you. Sorry to interrupt. I said I was going to do that, wouldn't try to hide. I grew up on King Island, the other one. Oh, anyway. <laughs> a little bit of rivalry, I feel, between the islands. I've actually never been to King. I only oh recently God. went to Flinders, like about three years ago. So how's that? Yeah, I'm, I'm keen to go and eat some cheese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Flinders, I think it's more dramatic and beautiful. King Island's still beautiful, but it's a different, it's kind of a real raw sort of, because it's quite much flatter and anyway. But both yeah, are gorgeous. Very, Love that. Very, hmm. um, yeah, so, so lucky. Like I, I can't mark your stars that I got to grow up on an amazing island. I, I lived there. Um, until I graduated from grade 10, school didn't um, didn't go any further than that, so I had to move off island. But, yeah, I grew up on the island. My parents were farmers, um, sheep and cattle farmers, and so I just sort of lived the, the island life over there um, until I, yeah, until I moved off island at the end of grade 10. So what was sport like for you on the island? Like how did you interact that's with a, that? Yeah, that's always a great question because, I guess there was there was definitely opportunities over there for sport. However, like limited in compared like compared to other places. And so, um, growing up, I I played netball mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up like in, in years five and six, going off island and representing like a part of um, Tasmania and awesome. um, meet other people. That was really cool. And uh, we also had um, I got into footy a little bit. Um, oh, wow. It wasn't like girls' footy. It was like <laughs> mixed, combined. Yeah. It was um, two teams, black and red. <laughs> That's it. And then you just join in, you chuck it, you know, like rock up, join a team that needed a few numbers, pull in a red or a black jumper and borrow some footy boots from the from the um, communal bag and, and just sort of have a crack. And so that was um, – that that was basically my my sporting opportunities on the island. Bit of netball, bit of footy. Um, yeah, it was just all good fun. Did, did you do? You would have done sports carnival too, like once a year, and maybe cross country. How did you find that? Yep. So Aths Carnival was like my jam. I loved the like the short distance running and like the throwing events. I remember I remember being quite good at like shot put and discus. And my friend saying to me, "Oh, you're you're just good at that because you grew up on a farm." Um, I remember finding that hilarious. Um, so Aths was probably my jam. Cross country. It's funny because like we're talking about running. Yeah. Cross country was not my jam, and I found that really challenging. The long distance running, like the mental battle, and just being like, "Oh, I just want this to be over." Um, yeah, so ath- ath- athletics carnival was definitely um, my pick of the two. That's for sure. <laughs> so it's the the shorter distances and being able to, as you said, it's it's over quickly, <laughs> as opposed to a, a cross country, which is you know, yeah. typically one, two, three k's when you're at school. Yeah, which it's... when you you know when you're in even in high school, like even in grade ten, that just seemed like the longest run. It felt like ten k's. <laughs> it's crazy. I I can reflect on that. 
Although I did like cross country, I still remember that feeling of wishing it was over as well <laughs> at the same time. Uh, how <laughs> how turned now? <laughs> I know, I know it's crazy now. Um, <laughs> so you moved over to the mainland of Tasmania to go to school. I assume you did. You go to school? Is that what you did next? From yep. you went yep. to year so eleven, twelve. Yep, moved over and, and completed eleven and twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because like on Flanders, they didn't have eleven and twelve at the time. They do now. Um, so oh, moved out yeah. of home pretty, like you know, at a reasonably young age. Left, yeah. said goodbye to mum and dad on the island, and um, moved over to live with my older sister and my best friend at the time. And um, yeah, independence wow. was gifted to me at a young age, which I'm really, really grateful for now. Um, and yeah, eleven and twelve finished that, and then. Um, headed on to university to do my degree in teaching. Did you do um, much sport when you got over to, like Mm. you went to Launceston, I I assume you came to Launceston. Yeah, so I moved to Launceston and I joined a netball club, which was really great in terms of like meeting new people. Um, You get pretty sort of inside your comfort zone in the the island. It's like the bubble. And then so moving to mainland Tassie was like, oh, this is a big thing. Uh, so I joined a netball club, um, and that was really fun meeting new girls and playing netball at a, a, like a at a high level, essentially. Yeah. Um, training sessions and all of that jazz. We didn't have that on Flinders. Um, and I also had my world opened up, and I joined a gym. No, like there wasn't a gym on Flinders growing up, and I was like, oh my god, like I've moved to Launceston, I get to join a gym. This is like the best thing on earth. So I sort of joined a gym, um, and that's where my journey in sort of like strength training came about as well. Um, so I was living my best life. Wow. And so then you went to uni and you yep. kept up all those sporting endeavours while you were at uni? Yep, kept all those. Uh, I think I, I ended up not playing netball anymore. I think I I can't recall what year of university I was in when I um, when I'd sort of dropped mm-hmm. that. I sort of just went mostly gym. Mostly gym. And then towards the end of my uh, four-year degree, I played football but women's football this time so I, I went and had a had a like I played a little bit on Flinders and I kicked the footy you know like in the in the backyard sort of with the family but I yeah I thought I'd why not I'm gonna have a crack at women's footy and so that was that was like my entry to another sort of sporting area as well yeah. and and football I still play today so oh, wow. that's pretty, yeah oh, I love that yeah <laughs> multifaceted <laughs> I know what teaching did you do uh, so I did a Bachelor of um, Education in Health and PE. I, yeah. growing up, loved sport and, like, I remember having, like, my PE teachers and other teachers say, oh, you would make a great PE teacher one day and that was sort of, you know, that planted the seed. And then when I finished grade 12, I was like, what am I going to do? And I said, right, if I go to university, the only thing I can see myself doing is it is teaching and, yeah. and health and PE teaching because that's a passion of mine. So, yeah, that's what I did. And so you you went through all of your your studies and stuff, and then you went and taught. I went and taught. Yeah. Tell me about sorry. that. Um, so I got a job at. Uh, it's really funny. Still to this day, I'm 27 years old. I've never had a job interview. <laughs> I um I good old Tassie. Like I I completed one of my placements um in my degree at this particular high school, and I ended up getting a job there when I graduated, which was really oh, cool. Wow. Nice country school um, in Tasmania with like, you know, reasonably small school. Um, and I taught, I didn't actually teach, like I, I didn't get a full-time teaching gig doing health and PA. I actually had to teach some English and some history, which was like, you know, a bit of a curveball and a bit of a like, oh, my God, like what am oh I doing? We love that. Um, yeah. It taught me to be really flexible and yeah. it taught that I can do whatever I set my mind to. Um, and so sort of as my teaching career went on a little bit, I got more health and PE classes and taught some sports science and some nutrition stuff. They're probably my favourite topics to teach. Yeah. Um, and then I was, yeah, I was four years into my degree and always been passionate about mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually started my mindset coaching business uh, when I was about four years into my degree and I've done some pretty big personal development programs on the Gold Coast, including my, um, I'm a master practitioner in NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming. Program. So our mind, the, lang- our, the language we speak and our behaviours, essentially like the combination of those three creating our everyday lives. And um, 
And then I decided that I came back from one of my my big personal development programs and I resigned from teaching, which was pretty big. Oh, especially because like you're only 27 now. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> like four and a half years into my degree and I quit. Amazing. <laughs> my, my career, I should say. Um, I still love teaching. I still love elements of teaching. However, I realized that the things that I was passionate about and the topics I like to like talk to people about, Mm -hmm. it no longer really fitted the context of a school environment. I love young people. I love kids. However, just like the rules and the, you know, the box, you know, I was feeling like I wanted to do more. I wanted to do have more in the space. Yeah. Too rigid. So I still do a bit of relief teaching um, every now and then. However, I'm more in my business now working with women sort of in a one-on-one capacity as well as hosting workshops on all things mindset and how to thrive. So so, uh, number one, I also did teaching and was a – I actually started as applied design and technology teacher but ended up as an infant teacher. But, of course, like you said, didn't just do infant teaching, did all kinds of stuff for it and mostly didn't. I've never maybe, sorry, for about a year I had a class of my own and then, yeah, I've mostly done relief teaching since then and then a business of my own about 20-odd years ago. So similar but different. Sort of interesting how our backgrounds are kind of similar. Um, so who your target markets? So you talked about women. So Tell me a little bit more about who you, like we'll get into the running stuff in a minute, but who do you target for your business, for your mindset coaching business? Yeah, so mostly women um, mm-hmm. and like this, there's no age, uh, well, like probably women that are, you know, 18 plus. However, yeah. um, there's no age. Like I've had women, um, I've had worked with women before and had women come to workshops that are, you know, 50 plus. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love Working with women in particular, I suppose, because I I feel like I relate to them. I my like I look back to and reflect on my high school journey and my even past that, my early twenties and the the things that I would struggle with. And, and being a teacher, I'd witness daily, you know, like young girls with anxiety, body image issues, and and things like that. And so that's I suppose where the passion came to to want to really work one on one with women. Um, and have more impact in that space as opposed to just being a teacher. So, yeah, and, and now rec- more recently I've sort of gone from just working one-on-one with people to hosting workshops where I can, you know, accommodate heaps of different people from from women from um, different backgrounds and I guess really like bringing my teacher archetype as well because it, it is a, a strength of mine and it's, I, love, I love the in-person stuff, I love the energy. Um, and so, yeah, workshops has been sort of a space that I've been dabbling in recently too. Which is where I met you in a little workshop, <laughs> which is very cool. Yeah, so it's interesting when you when you open yourself up to a like a, a new I don't know space or a yeah. way of doing something. All of these opportunities start to come in. It's just yeah. like yeah, so that's been interesting for me. So, what would you say at this time? Because knowing that it will change, because that's one thing that's guaranteed. Things are going to change. Um, at this time, what do you help these women with mm. what what do you think is the you know the yeah. main thing that you help them with i know it's mindset but what in particular yeah. does it help them with their lives yeah so i think one of the biggest ones is like confidence mm-hmm. and i don't actually speak directly about confidence a lot i talk about i guess what sits behind confidence which is like getting out of your comfort zone and making that feel achievable and feel okay um working on um your expression and how you like how you want to show up in the world and, and what you who you can be and what you're capable of and I think you know so many people are held back by limiting beliefs you know I'm not good enough I'm not worthy I can't have I can't have that I don't deserve that um oh I could never do anything like that I'm not confident I'm not this and so I guess working with people on their self-talk is a really really big thing but um create get it allowing them to get out of their comfort zones Mm. and make that feel achievable so they can create the evidence that they can be who they want to be and achieve the things that they want to achieve because it's all like I, I talk a lot about discomfort and mm-hmm. and doing discomfort as meeting a new part of yourself self that doesn't feel safe or familiar yet so we're, we're like operate humans you know one of their innate um one of the prime functions of the, our unconscious is to keep us safe yeah and so it's really really easy a lot of people will hold themselves back because they stay in what feels safe, what feels known and and perceive that anything outside of that is just, you know, chaotic, like anxiety, 
all of these terrifying, awful yeah. things. And so I work with women to make the process of getting outside of their comfort zone feel more accessible. And we look at like creating stretch zones and, you know, it, um, yeah, instead of it being this big, scary thing, mm. in order to meet more of yourself, you've got to, you have to get out of your comfort zone. And it's like doing that step by step. Mm. Yeah, I love I that. Like we actually yeah. talk on this podcast in relation to running uh, yeah. about getting out of your comfort mm-hmm. zone and, and what that can do for you. And the fact that, you know, we reflect back on when you look at humans and our um, how we've evolved, actually our minds haven't really changed since, you know, we went into houses and, and all the industrial revolution and things like that. Our actual minds haven't changed. So as you said, they're stuck in that it's really important that we stay um, safe and comfortable because the the difference between that uh, and what's the other, the uncomfortable, is actually often more death <laughs> back in those that period. Yeah. But yes. our mind don't know that we now don't have to worry so much about where our next food's coming from because we just got the supermarket um, or whatever. Because yeah. Yeah. It, it's I, fun to retrain I, it, as you said. Yeah, I often talk about like what so I. I I love working with the unconscious mind and that's like sort of like what I'm trained in. And the, the, your unconscious mind doesn't know the difference between reality and mm-hmm. like perceived threat. So it's like if you notice, think about those times, like you might even like relating this back to running, you might think about doing say a 10 kilometer run in your body. You notice like the feeling in your body of like, oh my God, that sounds like that feels awful. There's no way I could do that. Oh, and you're like, your energy's closing up. And so like, even though you're not doing the 10 kilometer run, mm-hmm. even thinking about it, your unconscious might be going, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> so, yeah, that's something to consider as well. Yeah, I love, and it works the other way too. If you can, mm-hmm. as you said, work with someone like you and go through um, different strategies, you can get your body to get, to look forward to doing the 10K run in some way by changing that that uh, yeah. conversation you're having with yourself. Which love I that. love. All right, tell me. Where did running just as for running sex? So we've heard about obviously a professional life and all that, which is really interesting. And we'll put a link as well to your website. So if anyone wants to follow up, they can come and jump on your bandwagon, get into your calendar, um, which I have, by the way. Um, So let's go back to the running element though. So when did running rather than just the netball or football or the other sports that that we talked about, where did Mm. running for itself itself come into your life? Yeah, so I think, like, I mean, I've always, like, I've always I've played sport. So, you know, you could technically say I'm definitely, like, I'm running in football and I'm running in football yeah. and all the things. Yeah. Um, I think when running sort of became a little more, I don't, I don't, I don't want to use the word serious because I don't think yeah. it's serious. I think it's fun. However, when I started to realise, I suppose, oh, like, I actually am enjoying this and I'm actually quite good at this and I can get even better, Um. In June 2022, I ruptured my ACL playing football. And so, oh, it was, yeah. Such a dangerous game. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> a, yeah, physical battle, but probably more so a mental battle. Yeah. Um, so sport was taken away from me essentially. A few months later, and it was November 2022, I had surgery. And so there was long periods of rest and not a lot of movement apart from walking for me and so that was a massive challenge because sports always been a part of my life and I've you know my I'm used to exercising I love the feeling of exercising and so that was a massive challenge um so football was off the cards for 12 months essentially like that's what they say in ACL recovery is and so walking uh was my main form of exercise and movement in the like in the short term and then I started um eventually started some sort of strength training and, and getting strength back in my legs again and running became something that I started sort of doing because it wasn't yeah. that change of direction sport couldn't play sport um the gym was great but I wanted some cardio back in my yeah. life and so I remember like running and doc- I doc- documented the whole journey of my recovery it's really cool um oh. to watch back on now look back on um and I started running on the treadmill and I think like five kilometers seemed to be like my buffer like I don't know if you if you're someone that runs regularly now or if you are looking at starting you might have a number in your in your mind that's like your that's your max at the moment and five kilometers was always it for me five yeah. kilometers was okay that's like a that's like running for 30 minutes non-stop like that's pretty that's that's pretty big and that's anything intense. above five kilometers yeah <laughs> like anything above that oh like that's just that's that's a lot that's a yeah. lot <laughs> um 
I started running and it was like, a, I guess because I was recovering from my surgery still, even months down the track, it was quite a, a slower kind of pace. Yeah. Um, and I remember just sort of continuing to run and I, you know, would get past 5Ks and I'd maybe do a six kilometer and be like, oh my God, I just did 6Ks. Like, what the heck? Like, how did that happen? And I just sort of kept going. And I remember one morning um, on the treadmill at the gym, and I did eight kilometers. And I was like, what the heck? <laughs> How did I just run eight kilometers? And just I was just like on top of the world. Like I was like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. I I I've just run eight kilometers. Like that, you know, that to me back then was like a 20K run, probably how I'd perceive a 20 kilometer run now. That's amazing. Uh, and so I guess I I started giving myself the evidence that I could be a runner or that I can run and I can run further than I thought I could. Um, and so then I was like, okay, this is fun. Like this is like I can see how people would get, and I don't want to say addicted, but I can see how people get addicted to this. It's, it's, it's you true. Know, <laughs> the feeling after you finish a run and just like that sense of achievement, like unmatchable. Yeah. And so I guess that's where, uh, yeah, from my injury and then, really leaning into it and continuing to lean into running. That's probably where I sort of started for me. And that was like, yeah, what nearly a couple of years ago. So do you call yourself a runner now? Yeah. yeah. And do you know what? one of my, probably one of my tips is if you can run for 60 seconds without stopping or even with little stops, you're a runner. Exactly. Right. I think people, yeah, put put this like, Oh, to be a runner, you know, you have to be able to, like, that's people that enter in events and do half marathons and marathons. And it's like, no, if you can, if you can run for 60 seconds, you're a runner. It's actually really interesting because on the podcast, I've even had some very accomplished runners who've run all their lives. And I've asked Mm -hmm. that question. Do you call yourself a runner? No, I don't call it. And it's just funny. They just like, no, (laughs) Uh, it's quite a personal thing. Like some people, you know, the moment they put on a pair of running shoes or buy a pair of running shoes, in their mind, they're a runner. Yeah, and it depends what yeah. you attach to that word. But it's like an identity question. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, and then often I then follow it up with questions like, so if you couldn't run for a while, how would you feel about yourself? Mm. I guess it depends what else I could do. If it was like if running just just running was off the table, um. Yeah, it'd be challenging. Like, and I don't run every day or anything. I probably run two to three times a week maximum at the moment. Um, and I, I, yeah, if running was off the table, I'd I'd be walking and I'd be gymming and and other things. But running's different. I don't know. I I feel I feel great when I've gone to the gym and I enjoy going for walks. The feeling I get after a run is. I don't, I don't, I'm not even sure how to explain it. It's like this, the sense of achievement or reward times 20. It's like a more of a, more of a like personal mental reward mm. as opposed to just seeing it as, oh, I've just exercised. Mm. It's like, oh, I've pushed myself today or I've challenged myself in a different way, mm. whether I'm going to beat my time or go for a longer distance yeah, like you're making me reflect on this now, which is really cool. But like the way I perceive running is more of a, it's definitely more of a mental reward for me. The benefits are that I'm moving my body and getting exercise, but I think I view it as like a, oh, let, like I'm going out to challenge my mind as opposed to my body. Just, just your body. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Like for me, it's such a simple activity that, and I've said this a few times recently, that gen- genetically all of us who are alive now I, de- I have come from from humans who were good at running because those that were not good at running didn't survive and then did not become our ancestors because <laughs> they didn't race away, run away from the danger or catch the food that was required for us to survive. So, so we're all pretty much wired to be able to run and the, the simplicity in that and you wonder whether there's something at the core of that that makes it, as you, you know, eloquently explained, it, that it feels different than, say, going to the gym or or even going yeah. for a walk because you're not really pushing yourself necessarily going for a walk unless you're hiking for multiple days up and down hills. <laughs> yep. <do> yep. <laughs> In Tassie. Um, 
Yeah, it's interesting that, that relationship with running and when you can and can't do it and and what it does to your identity. I think for your for you, um, you know, from the very start of this call, you've talked about all the different sport and all the different physical activity that you have done and do do. So you're, you know, looking at you from the outside, the identity that I see is someone who sees themselves as um as a fit, healthy person who wants to stay mobile and and keep doing that no matter what the activity is, as yep. much as you love running and you love your footy and and the gym and things, you would, if you couldn't do any of those things for some reason, you would find some other way to keep moving. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. not that's to mention PE, t- PE teacher. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and that, yeah, 100 Moving thing. Um, do you run with people, other people, or do you just run by yourself mostly? How does that mm-hmm. work? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, I run solo majority of the time. When we do running stuff at footy, like two-kilometre time trials, et cetera, it's with the group, obviously, and I, and I do, like, love the energy of being with other people. However, I guess, like, I could definitely arrange to run with a friend mm-hmm. if I was if I wanted to, but I don't know. I, I guess I work off my – I'm pretty good at working off my own schedule and I – you know, map out my week and this is what I'm going to do here and there. And and um, I I enjoy the solo mission probably mm-hmm. because, I'm like I was speaking about, it being a like just a time for me, um, my own individual, like mental um, journey. And so naturally I, I, I run a lot myself. I went and did park run on the weekend though. So I ran with like 400 people. I was going to say, uh, wasn't that a record run if it was a Launceston when you did? Yeah. <laughs> That was interesting, like running with a couple of other people and um, and surrendering actually. This is a great point. Surrendering to, okay, well, this is park run. So it's park runs five kilometres. Mm-hmm. Um, surrendering to this is probably going to be more of a social run mm-hmm. and a chit-chat run. It's not going to be your fastest time. Um, you're not running with elite runners or anything, and I don't consider myself to be an elite runner. But like, yeah, it was interesting. Like being like, okay, I've got to surrender a little bit here. Yeah. To there's probably not going to be my mental like workout, like push yourself or just on your own. You're with other people, and so yeah, just an interesting segue. But yeah, surrendering to a social run. So yeah, I'm usually a solo trainer runner. What do you think motivates you in your runs? Because I I've noticed. I wonder whether. Like, Blah, blah, blah. My, I have a 29-year-old daughter who started mm-hmm. running recently. She used to run as a child because um, I dragged her along to running club. Um, but <laughs> she started running uh, and about to run an ultra. But So she's been training a lot. But a lot of her focus has been how fast she's running. This is That's why I'm yeah. And because you're also, you know, similar age. Um, and now that I'm in my 50s and to me my time is irrelevant, <laughs> I'm just happy every time I get out there and go running. So... It, you know, we change our motivations. And I guess that's what I'm asking, the motivations. I notice, especially when you're younger, and I remember when I was younger, it was like, oh, yes, I got that down. I'm, you know, getting closer to four minutes. You know, whatever it was, like my brain was like getting <laughs> yep. excited about that. So is that, do you think, a real driver or motivation for you at the moment? I think, like, I actually, like, I, I love looking at my Strava app mm-hmm. and like, oh, this was my pace. Interesting. Um, however, I'm, I actually don't, like, I, hmm, I don't regularly look at, like, past Strava data sometimes I do and I'm getting better at it now that I'm actually training for a half marathon but in the past I probably just go out and I'd like just trot sort of yeah. and, and with the longer distance stuff um but now I am I am starting to motivate myself more with beating like times and, and improving pace because I'm training but prior to that probably wasn't actually looking at you know, the app and, and my past data, I guess, I don't know what motivates me is the feeling afterwards, the feeling of accomplishment mm-hmm. and achievement. I love, um, I love my running gear. Like my, I yeah. make it a priority to get nice active wear that I feel really great in, um, good quality runners and things like that. And I love like kidding up in my, in my running gear and, and heading out. Um, playlist music yeah. that helps me a lot. I love a good playlist um, that sort of like, matches my the energy that I want when I'm running um yeah yeah but in terms of looking at data I, <laughs> I'm getting better at motivating myself through my data to get better but yeah how do you get out the door if it's pouring with rain and obviously like a lot of people 
might be me going to meet others. And, and that tends to be one of the things that gets them out the door because it's like an accountability thing. How do you, I mean, you said that you don't run with with others really. So how do you motivate yourself on those days when, well, you don't have to go because no one's going to know that you didn't go apart from you. So how do you motivate yourself on those days? I think I would say like, and I talk about this with my clients all the time, future pacing. So future pacing is where you basically put yourself into the future after you've done the said challenging, difficult, uncomfortable, hard thing, whatever you're perceiving it to be, and and really anchoring into how you're going to feel afterwards. And I think like exercise has always and will always be a, a top priority of mine and knowing that how I'm going to feel after I've achieved it, mm-hmm. that's what gets me out the door. What, what also gets me out the door is things like having my active wear out the night before, mm-hmm. you know, setting my alarms and a, real, a little help here. If your alarm is your that classic iPhone alarm sound, you need to change it to a motivating song. You can actually, on your iPhone, change, I don't know about Android, change your alarm to a motivational song. And another, I'm just going up totally off track here, but my brother-in-law, he that. actually, is it David Goggins? He's the really good, uh, crazy, yeah. hectic. Yeah. He is crazy. Yeah. yeah. Soundtrack. He wakes up to David Goggins's voice, saying like, "You've got one or two, like one or two things you can do. You can snooze the alarm and be a such or whatever, or you can get your ass up and yeah. Anyway, so t- little hack. I encourage everyone to do that. Um, but I think just putting little steps in place like that, like getting my active wear out, having a good playlist and things, that's what gets me out the door. Because if you're relying on motivation. I think to just magically come when thing the environment your environment's a little different or your your workout buddies um, pulled out or the weather's not as nice. And if you're relying on simply this motivation to just appear, um, good luck. It has to be some form of self discipline. It has to be knowing your why and really anchoring into why you're actually getting out there and why it's important to you that you're getting out there. Um, and I guess depending on how long your run is and, and how well, what you're going out for, like breaking it down, you know, like the 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 sort of my short runs are like four, five, six kilometers. Like I consider that to be a shorter kind of run now, um, and I make sure that I keep them in my program so that I'm like you know I'm not seeing <laughs> all the NK sort of plus. Um, yeah, I think those yeah breaking things down and anchoring into the feeling afterwards is really important and your why. You said earlier that you planning your week ahead. Mm. Do you mm-hmm. include your, you know, what, what day you're going to run and when you're going to run on those days so that it's, you know, set in the calendar, it has a play? Yeah, yeah. And particularly now I'm, I'm getting back into my strength training again and I've just invested in a PT so um, so that I've got strong legs for my, you know, for my running because that's really important and, like, working out where my runs are going to be around my strength training as well. Yeah. Um, and so at the moment, I'm sort of going for two, making it as achievable as I can because we know that when we overwhelm ourselves and make things really, really hard, then um, can be somewhat unachievable. And so I'm aiming for sort of two runs at the moment, a shorter kind of run um, and then a longer kind of run. Um, mm-hmm. I'm pretty good at it. If I, for whatever reason, don't get my run in that day, I'm pretty good at being flexible with my week and I'll, I'll make it happen somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, however, honest, I love on a Sunday looking at my week ahead popping those things in so that, you know, my mind can expect what's to come, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you say that and I look over there and I do that every Saturday or Sunday. Have my whiteboard with the whole week and it includes all of my running when I run all that sort of stuff. So amazing. Yeah, and it really helps, I think, as you said, being able to look ahead and then predict anything that might interrupt your plan. (laughs) Um, and But to be flexible too because um, life happens, doesn't it? Yeah, it isn't on the calendar. With, with that flexibility piece too, this is interesting because I'm a, I'm a, I enjoy and I thrive off of exercising in the morning. Mm-hmm. However, some people that like some people I know they would prefer to exercise in the afternoon. And so, what's also been a game changer for me is not locking myself into just being an ex- a morning exerciser and actually getting out of my comfort zone a little bit. And I've actually started doing a couple of the runs. Um, particularly like more over the summer when I was on holidays, doing some runs in the afternoon. And that was really great for me because it gave me the evidence that, oh, actually I can exercise in the afternoon. It doesn't have to be completely off the table. So it, like, it opens up another time slot if I say what? yes to my morning run. I don't know. Well, so I think just not locking yourself in and deciding that you're only a morning exerciser or you're only an afternoon exerciser 
and actually maybe have a little play with and, and then obviously you've got more time to um to prioritize your movement yeah uh, I'm training for a very long run and my coach has set me double days so no I guess I'm a morning runner too I prefer in the morning because I think it sets up my day because I'm like I've achieved something I feel good about myself and not to mention all the positive stuff that happens in our brains and our bodies when you exercise uh, wow. so it sets up my day perfectly but uh, I now have a number of days a week now where I run in the morning and then I run in the afternoon <laughs> it's like Oh, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> What's yeah. this afternoon thing? So, yeah, it's amazing what you can do. Right? You can do it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you feel pretty exhausted but happy later that you <laughs> did do it. So I love yeah. that. Um, That's awesome. Can we reflect? I know um, it, like you're running, you got into your running a couple of years ago in sort of a serious, you know, obviously running's have been in your life the whole time because as you pointed out, all the sports you do include running. And it, yeah. It supports all of those. But um. Tell me, can you think of a time, well, as you've been recovering, I guess, from your injury, from your your operation or any other time in your <laughs> life where the running itself has really helped you get through a difficult, difficult point in your life? It doesn't have to be, you know, emotionally, whether you were dealing with stuff. You don't have to give us the full details or anything, but can you reflect a little bit about how that went for you? It's actually, I mean, my my ACL injury is the perfect one because that, like, I just, before I injured myself, it was, um, we're, I think we're only five rounds into the season and, like, my football was really starting to ramp up. You know, I was starting to take it more seriously and want to get better, mm-hmm. um, playing alongside my sister and, and our, like, our local team. And when that happened, it was sort of like, like I was a, a co-captain at the time as well of the team yeah. and. And so getting the news that I'd ruptured my ACL um, and like I'm a, I consider myself to be a pretty injury free person. So, and so to to have this big news of like a 12 month recovery, like mentally for me was really challenging. Um, and so when I was able to, you know, a few months down the track after my operation, start running on the treadmill at the gym, like they were massive milestones to me. And I remember running on the treadmill and I I'd often run on a treadmill because I lived in a suburb that was quite hilly and that wasn't a that wasn't sort of okay for my knee. And so I remember running on the treadmill with my music on and I, I still have my one soundtrack that I've anchored into that whole experience of, of my, my recovery. And I listen to it now and it just like gives me goosebumps. It's like my one motivational song that I have. But I remember looking up because you shouldn't look down when you're running. <laughs> look up. Um and I remember looking up like just to the front of the gym and visualizing myself playing football again. And I'd be listening to my song and I'd be visualizing myself like out on the field, doing all the things, like completely up leveling my fitness and, um, you know, I guess like really anchoring myself into the future. Mm-hmm. And that is literally what got me through. I'd get on the treadmill, I'd do my run, my runs were getting longer and I'd be visualizing myself playing football again. I love that. And so I guess, yeah, I probably have anchored running as a form of and I guess this is where it comes down to it's not just physical exercise to me when I run I reflect Mm -hmm. and I reflect and I also think about the future Mm -hmm. and I also reflect on current me and just how much of a badass I am (laughs) I love that (laughs) yeah so I feel like definitely in my in my recovery that's running got me through because it was a form of exercise that I could do that was pushing my body. It was pushing my mind. Um, yeah. And, and helping me feel like I could see, I could see the light, you know, I, I was, I was going to get back out there again. Like I was prepared to do the work that was required of me in the gym, get my knees strong again. Yeah. Um, and I came back from my recovery and I, I played my first game last year fitter than oh, before no. my injury. That's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it just, I got goose goosebumps then because I, it re, the way you put that really tied in what I truly believe and what science now tells us, and that is that running, that they studied running with uh, the little skull cap things on to work out what was going on in the brain while people were running. And what was happening and surprised them at the time was that new neural pathways are being created and that it looked very similar to what somebody meditating does or being very mindful. Hence, you know, my world and what I 
into is mindful running. But the way you explained it then so eloquently, which I'm doing a terrible job of being eloquent right now, but it, it's almost like the, the running is a great conduit just to tap into that, to be more mindful, to be able to affect change um, for your future, if that yeah. makes sense. Rather than, because a lot of people talk about anchoring into being mindful and meditation and things like that in order to help, you know, get their brain into the right place and thinking layman terms, um, how to explain yeah. that. Whereas running actually is the perfect conduit for that as well. Not only that, but you're also getting physically fit at the same time as getting um, yeah. mentally fit, if you like, which I yeah. really, I really like that. I have to think of better ways to explain it, but the way you... Yeah. Yeah. reflected on that just made, like that's a perfect example of how that works and what science now shows us as a fact like, I think um I think too like when I'm running and you probably find this too like when you're running whether you're listening to music or podcast or whether you're someone that runs and you're not you don't listen to anything it's actually okay you're creating even though you're moving your body and you are like physically doing something your mind has a chance to actually experience some stillness and to want like like wonder and be curious mm. and I'm wondering if you when you are whether it's walking or running or whatever you're you have like you know some people call them downloads or like you know mm. drop in thoughts that are actual thoughts rather than you thinking so mm. I know, like when I'm on my runs like I'll have these I'll have ideas come come in for like content or things that I want to yeah. teach my clients or concepts just randomly land in my head and go oh that makes sense now and it's because I'm when I'm running I've actually created um space even though I'm doing something I've created space in my mind I'm not thinking about you know my vacuuming my house or the things I've got to do that day I'm, I'm genuinely thinking about whether like just life itself mm. what what I'm doing in the future what I'm motivated about at the moment um you know like and and I actually have thoughts drop in as opposed to thinking if that makes sense mm. yeah it totally does like I yes I love it. It's just—it's um, exactly what I've been trying to get to for quite a while. Uh, it was just really nice to hear you put it in a way that it was a perfect example for how mm. that works and what I've been trying to explain to people for quite a few years now. <laughs> I think because we all experience it. But to for me, it's not always, I don't know if you've had this yet and now that you're training for the half, it might mm. have popped in. But running can be a stressor for people, especially if they put a, you know, this goal on top of it. So yep. I've got it run. I'm training for X, Y, Z thing. It's a bit scary, whatever the thing is it's training for. Yeah. Oh dear, I can't, I'm going to miss out on this training. Like I had it with my daughter yesterday. She rang me and she's like, I can't, I got up late. It's going to be really hot in Melbourne today. I'm not going to be able to do the 38 kilometers in this heat. I'm like, that's fine. Just go do the tent. It'll be fine. But of course in her brain, there's this amount of stress. And so it's dealing with this expectation, I suppose, of what you think you should be doing and running can cause that to people or the keeping up with the Joneses thing. And that, especially if you're yep. wanting to trying to get faster and faster, or you start with a five, then you go to a 10, then you go to a 21, then you go to a marathon and then you do an ultra. And then you realize actually there are people out there running for weeks or months or even years. So you never get, there's not a top. So you can't, so there's always striving and it, yeah, it, it can cause a lot of stress through the running. So yeah. realizing that you can let all that go and the running itself, and this is where the mindfulness and movement slash running comes in it for me, is teaching people when they can drop into it deliberately rather than it just being something that happens. Because I think it happens to everybody who runs, as you just explained, but it doesn't always and all the running can become a stressor. But if you're aware of how to, to affect change yourself in that and stop it becoming the stressor or as much of a stress and using yeah. it for the opposite um really beneficial so yeah and it's it's been self-aware too and noticing when oh like running has felt like a chore for me the last couple yeah. of weeks or you know or going in with the mindset oh I, I have to do this and switching from I have to do this to I get to do this like yeah, that's great. body is allowing me to move for however like however many kilometers you're going out to do or whatever yeah. and that's pretty damn cool and, and like I said before, like anchoring into what running is actually giving to you as opposed to, oh, I have to do this today. It's something on my to-do list. You know, it's, it's using that reframe to I get to do this instead. 
Yeah, and I love that. Um, yeah. Your half marathon, where, yeah. when is it? What is it? Which one are you doing? Tell me. It's April, April the 7th, I think. Um, Hobart Airport Marathon running running festival. I'm doing, but not the full marathon. I'm doing the starting with the half. One day, if you wish. <laughs> are you nervous? You are. Um, I am. I particularly probably because I don't have a strict training program. I'm sort of just like winging it, if you will. Um, however, I have, I have, I did uh, run 20 kilometers before Christmas, mm-hmm. um, and my previous distance before that was only 12. Oh wow! So I have given myself the evidence that I can run, and that was with, I guess, you would say, limited training. Yeah. So knowing that I have run 20 kilometers, I have 100% faith in myself that I'll be fine. Um, however, I would like to continue to train right up until the half. So I um, so it feels a lot better on the body. <laughs> and that you recover better as well. And that I recover better, yes. And do you have any future goals past that for you, Renny? I think, I think like even when I did the 20 kilometres before Christmas, I was like, oh, like, okay, a half marathon, that seems quite achievable for me now. Mm-hmm. And you do definitely get in the mindset of like, okay, what's next? Yeah. What's next? What's next? So I definitely like on my bucket list would be to be uh, would be to do a full marathon for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then oh. I'm not asking you now. Okay. <laughs> that is a style. <laughs> that is what happens. Well, it's that kind of adventure style running that I. Yes. Yeah. Do you do a lot of your running on the road? Is that your? I do. Or and in or the gym. Yeah, no, so I don't really do any treadmill running anymore. Most of mine's sort of on the road. Um, when I'm on Flinders, um, like for holidays, I was there for three weeks. Um, that was mostly on gravel, uh, which wasn't that – I got I'm sort of used to it, I suppose, somewhat, but I definitely prefer road running. Yeah. We have to go – is it the pub to pub? Yes. You need, yeah. Have you done that? You need to do that. You haven't done I'll the whole do one. But, hmm. I'll, go, I'll aim for this year maybe. Yeah, that's what you should do. I've got oh. like I still haven't done the King Island thirty two Imperial back okay. at home, which I yeah. should do. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't done that one yet. One day, maybe. I, it's penciling them in, isn't it? It's like, and that's the that, that was with me in this half marathon. It was like I think I it's in April, and I I think I locked it in in maybe November last year. For me, it was like okay, like if you are thinking you want to do this thing, sign up now. Like sign up now because it's easy to just put it off and be like, oh, I don't want to commit, you know. But if you actually just sign up to it and you're like, oh, cool, that's locked in now, now I've got to do it. Yeah, that's the thing that spins everything else later around it too, doesn't it? Yep, yeah. How long do do you think you'll run for? Seems like a silly question after all of the conversation we've had. Hopefully forever. Like I, I can see running being a great, this is what I love about running is that you don't have to have a gym membership. Mm-hmm. You just have to have, you know, a good pair of runners and some active wear and boom, you're out the door. And so, like, I mean, who knows what the rest of my life holds for me, but, I, you know, I envision things like even, you know, potentially when I become a mum one day and then I, when I have kids, that, that that I can see that that will be a, a, a like a main form of movement, you know, getting back into my fitness journey and things like that. Um I don't know. It's it's enjoyable for me. I love that you can sort of take it a little bit more seriously if you want and have the goals like the half marathon and the marathons. And you can like I'll I can get out and do three a three kilometer run and feel just as like good about myself and um that I've I've done something today. I've moved my body and, and I've you know hit this pace or whatever. Yeah. So I love that there's just such a broad range. Like you can go out and you can do the long really long distance stuff, and you can go out and, and do a two kilometer time trial or whatever and feel just as good. So I think it's it's easy, like it's, and I say easy in a sense of like you don't need much. Mm. You just need a place to run, or you know, it's the mindful element. Like you can, I go out and it's creating space in my mind. I'm looking at my surroundings and um, you know, noticing all of the small things that I, I potentially wouldn't notice if I was driving past or whatever. Um, yeah, I can, yeah, forever. I love that. Ever. I know. In like, I've been running most of my life, and. In that time, my motivations have changed and what I've 
aimed for and and my ebbs and flows in my running um, I can reflect on that which was really interesting one of the things I started a couple of years ago well a year and a half ago I think it is look over there at my chat um, was to run every day so I run every day but it's only 2k that I have to run I mean and then on top of it if I'm running training for a an event then I, you know you have obviously more specific training as well but on the days where I is I'm not scheduled to run I just run 2k's so for me that being consistent, even when it's not comfortable, has been, you know, and I, I guess I tell you this because I've, as I said, been running most of my life and now I'm in my 50s and I found that doing this, we call it street running, um, and just having a small minimal distance um, has given me even more motivation and keep. I have to keep proving to myself and turning up even on, you know, I've I've been overseas two or three times since. I started the streak running. So I try to work out time zones, getting on and off planes. How can I fit in a run when I'm traveling most of the, you know, so it's not always comfortable. Um, and there's, I've got plenty of examples where it hasn't been very easy to find a time to fit it in. And everyone who I was with would say, why are you even doing that? I'm like, it's take me 15 minutes at the most. And I've set myself this goal and I'm going to, um, you know, for me, it's important for anyone else. It doesn't matter. Did it? I think yes. oh, I, like it's a standards thing as well. And so you, you know, like at one point running to committing to running two kilometers might've been really challenging and like, Oh, okay. Like pretty big. And, and though for people that I often, you know, people, I don't want to say get judged, but they're like, Oh my God, how do you do that every day? Or, you know, mm. how, like why, why do you do that every day? And it's like, it's a, it's a form of self-discipline and it's mm. having high standards um, and, a, and standards that match the lifestyle that you want to create for yourself. Mm. So I think, yeah, definitely like, it's like, it's like a habit. It's like yeah. something's uncomfortable at the start. And what, if you commit to it and stay accountable, um, you know, that, that, that just becomes like normalized in your world. It becomes easy. It becomes a non-negotiable, mm. but for people, I suppose that haven't, um, you know, haven't normalized that in their world. They're like, whoa, that, like that's, that's a lot. Or that's, it's how do you good. do that? No, yeah, yeah. Be like, would you not brush your teeth every day? (laughs) It's a little bit like that. Even though sometimes you, I don't know, I've had days where it feels I'm too tired to brush my teeth before I go to bed, but I still do. (laughs) do Yes. Yeah, it's working out your non-negotiables and viewing like this, whatever it is, whether it's a run, whether it's a gym, whether it's, you know, it's a self-commitment piece. Yeah. Yeah. Which is massive. It contributes to a a lot, you know, to do with your mindset and your well-being. And that actual... That's why I keep looking to the right. I actually have a calendar and I tick it off. I actually tick it off. I would have been great with star charts. Yeah, that visual, that visual like feeling, you know, yeah, totally relate. I love it. Um, Awesome. So this is an important question I ask everybody. If you hadn't decided to take on running, pure running, what do you think your life would be like now? What I, what's it giving to you? You know, reframe that question in a positive way. What do you think running's giving you that your life wouldn't have had had you not decided to adopt running for itself, you know, for its own sake? Yeah. I think for me, I like to map everything across. I'm a big believer in how you do one thing is how you do anything. And so for me, running gives me like in terms of like what we're talking about, self-discipline, mm-hmm. accountability, that that things that when I'm running, I'm 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 like holding myself to account, and mm. I'm really improving my commitment to self, and I'm driving my standards, and I'm driving my self discipline, and so doing that really really well in my running has amplified those things elsewhere in my life. So mm. whether it's to do with my business, whether it's to do with my relationships, whether it's to do with um, what I put in my body and my health and my like my nutrition, whether it's to do with like you know, booking those appointments that you always put off, mm-hmm. what I get from running amplifies everything else in my life because how I do one thing is how I do anything. Mm. And so I feel like a lot of the things that I receive from running, like it's like when you talk about running in the morning, it sets yeah. me up for the day, right? And so it actually just flows on to so many other areas of my life. You're just perceiving running to be just filling up your cup in your physical health you know, your physical health cup and filling up that cup only, you're wrong. It's it's It fills up so many other cups and it helps you drive your standards and your discipline 
and your commitment to yourself in all areas of your life. So mm. that's what running to me. Um, it gives me more than just, you know, the physical benefits. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Mm. All right, Grace, lovely Grace. Tell me, is there anything, in a minute I'll ask you for some tips for beginner runners, but before then, is there anything about running that you wanted to share that we haven't touched on? Running. I thought we've covered a lot. We yeah. did good. We did yeah. good. <laughs> we did amazing. Thank you. I'm actually looking forward to seeing how you're half. We'll probably get you back on afterwards. You can tell us, you can break it down. See us how it went. Um, before then, though, and to wrap up today, and again, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate you sharing. It's quite an inspiring story. Really enjoyed learning more. Um, tips for beginner runners. Yeah. Do you have any? What would you say? I mean, being a PE teacher as well, you're kind of a bit qualified as well to answer these sort of questions. I don't know. Um, I think the first one being your language around running. So, you know, if you're saying things like, I'm not a runner or I couldn't run above this, you know, this distance or it's like, okay, let's do an order on your language and how can we make your language support what you want right so if you can run 60 seconds like I said before you're a runner so mm -hmm. call yourself a runner I'm someone who runs I can run this distance I can run above this distance and, and really yeah using your language it's a big thing in creating our realities we're casting spells with our words every single day so make sure you're casting spells that are supporting what you want I think language um I think giving yourself permission to be a learner is really yeah. big people you know like before I was like oh you know you have to run five plus kilometers to be considered a runner or someone who's good at running you know that was a limiting belief of mine and so I think giving yourself permission to go out and perhaps you perhaps you start with 500 meters perhaps you start with a kilometer whatever it is for you actually just be self-compassionate and mm -hmm. you know if you're just getting into running have a go and mm -hmm. be okay with wherever you stop because the reality is like running is something that you build up you know, people that are running half marathons and marathons, they didn't just train for a month and then they could do that. You know, it's 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 a journey and it's there to be enjoyed. So give yourself permission to be a learner. I think like that can map across to so many areas of your life. But give yourself permission to just have a go and see see how you go, like see what comes of it, you know, um, and then slowly work on increasing or, you know, getting a little bit better. And if you don't get a PB, refrain from making it mean something about yourself as well. And it's been like, oh, cool. Like there's always so many, you know, factors at play of of our runs and our pace and how we're going, like cycles and, you know, so it's like giving yourself, being being self-compassionate through the process of learning to be a runner, I think. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And I think then I guess some external things um, would be like having your active wear out the night before, mm -hmm. um, setting your alarm, um, maybe having an account if you're just starting out having an accountability person so someone to run with I think it's probably a really great idea um, because like you said before if you're the only one going out and you run and you don't yet have that level of self-discipline you know it's going to be challenging so yep having an accountability person having a banging playlist I think is really important um, and, and if it's someone that doesn't need to listen to music or doesn't want to that's that's cool too but if you are someone that listens to music prep a really great playlist with all of your favorite tunes um, and you don't have to go and, you know, splurge on thousands of dollars of Lululemon. Um, however, having an active wear, like having an outfit that makes you feel really, like that's comfortable and makes you feel really great, really great about yourself, I think is important too. So it's like that combination, I think, of the internal stuff and the, the external factors that are going to support you in getting your ass into gear and getting out the door. Totally. I love that. I quite like my Lululemon. However, I have found some... <laughs> Had some um some pieces that I quite like wearing at Kmart as well. So yeah, yeah. a nice mixture. In fact, there's been it a few times, funnily, over the last few years where I thought that looks almost exactly like my uh, Lululemon <laughs> pattern and everything. And it was a grab from Kmart. I, thought, I think that's where they, you know, they watched what Lululemon did and then they went out and created them. Uh -huh. Yeah. Very similar. Anyway, exactly. so as you said, apart from shoes, I think um, – the rest of it, as long as you feel comfortable and, and you feel like, you know, you you feel good in it. Yeah. That's what's important, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Not all. 
Anyway, Grace, it's been amazing. Don't jump off straight away because I'll say goodbye to you off the recording as well. But again, <laughs> thank you so much for your time. I do appreciate it. And it has been very inspiring. And I've learned heaps as well. So thank mm, you. My pleasure. Uh, I love the podcast. And it's been really, really great talking not only about mindset, but actually combining it with the topic of running as well. I've, I've found this chat so powerful. Thank you. Awesome. We'll talk soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Fit Mind Fit Body podcast. I'd love to talk to you about your running journey. Send me a message on Facebook or on the website and let's do it. I also wanted to let you know that I've created an email list so you won't miss any podcast episodes. You'll find details in the show notes and on the Fit Mind Fit Body website, along with a bunch of resources on mindful running. They'll help you to get and stay mentally and physically fit. And I'll see you there. Plus, I'll be back here in your podcast player a few times a week. Hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you would leave a review. It'll help more people to find the podcast and get inspired to start running and ultimately to improve their life. See you soon.